podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Euro Incision podcast. Ah, oh, you know what? It is great to be back. And I'm with I'm with my co-host, my partner in crime, Themis. Themis, welcome back. And you know what? This is probably the first time ever we'll get because we've been working together from last season. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get at least two more pods this year. At the yeah. very I haven't thought about that. Well, yeah. You know, to be honest here, there were times last season that I thought to myself, you know what, I jinxed, I jinxed the team. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'm at fault. Oh, <laughs> because, yeah, when, when I started talking with you guys about uh, Liverpool and all that stuff, and it all went downhill last mm. season. And I spent the summer thinking, you know what, maybe I was the trouble. Maybe I was, I jinxed the whole thing. But yeah, <laughs> not not this year, not this time. No, 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 not not this time. And I'll be honest, last season was a little bit of a shock for me as well. And obviously the season before, because we lost Atleti, because usually we've always like made the final. Don't mean to brag, but you know, so who knows? Let's let's hope we're back to those old winning ways. Right, theme is, so first things first, let me talk to you. Um, Liverpool in the semi-final against Villarreal. This is giving me some serious Europa League vibes from, was it like 2017 or whatever? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, so um, I like this one. So um, just first of all, initially, I want your thoughts. We're in a semi-final. Um, it's a grand feeling. Yeah, it is. It is because that's where we feel that this team belongs yeah. in a way. And uh, that's the way it should be. I mean, yeah, knockout football. Anything can happen, and even uh, at your best season, you might not reach the semi-final because of an unlucky draw in the quarter-final, a bad game, a bad referee decision goes against you, stuff like that, and you don't make it to the semis, even though uh, you're feeling that you have a proper uh, chance to go all the way. Uh, it has happened before, and it will happen again, not only for uh, Liverpool, but for any team in Europe. But uh, when it clicks... And when you're reaching uh, the point where you meant to be because of your quality as a team, then you feel like, yeah, you belong. <laughs> and uh, any team that reaches the semis uh, has a right to dream that they, they can go all the way and uh, win it. Especially <laughs> if you're one of the two uh, best clubs in the, the world right now. And mm. especially if you're Liverpool and you have that special connection with that particular uh, tournament. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely right. Let's go back to the Liverpool Benfica game. Um, obviously, Liverpool went in with a three-one um, advantage. Um, back at Anfield, it was. Um, so first things first. Obviously, we've got to talk about this game. What did you make of the team lineup? 
Well, I mean, there was a lot of like kind of fresh faces, kind of changed up a little, which was to be expected given the fact that we also have um, another big game of the weekend against Man City in the cup. Well, uh, anyone anyone that uh, read or heard uh, Jurgen's press conference the the day before mm. uh, kind of had it coming because the way he talked about stuff that yeah we're in in three competitions right now but we cannot go and win all four trophies because it's impossible with the hectic schedule and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the way he talked about that, and the, with the scoreline of the first leg, with that impressive away win in mm. uh, Portugal, well, you, you, I thought, yeah, this is the lineup that he had in mind. I mean, resting key players after playing uh, Benfica and City, back to back, resting them, giving uh, other players the opportunity to play and keep them fresh. It's about load management. It's about fatigue management. It's not about resting players because you, because you have a semi-final uh, tomorrow. It's not about that. It's about uh, fatigue management, actually. That's that's what I'm thinking. So yeah, Milner, <laughs> Timikas, and Gomez, and everybody else. Yeah, the only Allison is the place, the person that you say yeah we can we won't rotate there, uh, but all the other places yeah. No, 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 and um, I, I get that completely. And I guess when you are in a lovely, lovely, comfortable being three-one up, I mm-hmm. guess you can throw the likes of James Milner in midfield. But hey, you know what? That's enough of that. Let's let's talk about the actual game. So, what did you make of it? Like, um, what what were your takeaways from that game? Because uh, I think the first thing that we're going to have to talk about and discuss is potentially. I think we have to go to um the for me, one of the main men, um, I said Chimikas. Yeah, I mean, that was a great night. <laughs> mm. That was a great night. You know what? Uh, I was working late that night, and uh, I don't know if you guys, I have talked about that before, uh, but I have a chance to talk about that again. I don't know if you guys realize how big Liverpool is outside of <laughs> of the UK, outside mm. of, uh, of England. I mean... Well, if you face it from a football uh, perspective, you say, okay, there's two games playing at the same time, kickoff at the same time, and uh, one game, yeah, maybe it's done and dusted because Liverpool are the better team and they've won away 3-0. So that's not the most interesting game of the night, right? The most interesting game of the night is the other one, when uh, everything is uh, up for grabs. Mm. And the City are playing Atletico and Simeone faces Guardiola again and it's 1-0 in the first leg and who knows how might that go and all that stuff. And I was working at our website, the biggest sports uh, website in Greece, mm. and every, everybody was uh, following the live coverage of the Liverpool game. Everybody. Mm. <laughs> Not until the final 10 or 15 minutes, the switch of to see what's going on in uh, Madrid in the Atletico versus City game. And that, yeah, that it's, Simicas might be uh, one of the reasons, but he's not the main, main reason. I mean, Liverpool are massive here. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've, you've, you know, we've, we've spoke, um, uh, you know, prior to um, 
I remember when Timmy Cass actually joined Liverpool and, you know, that's yeah. how we got in, you know, uh, in contact. And, you know, yeah. and I just remember you saying how huge Liverpool are. But, you know, uh, look where he is now. And, um, <laughs> you know, last season we didn't see an awful lot of him. When he comes on now, I'm so assured. It doesn't feel like, oh, my God, we're losing something on on, yeah. on the left back. And, like, to the space, to the space. I mean, Trent will be proud there. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, what? I mean the, the the I mean the the assist for I mean the the delivery for the Canate goal as well yeah. for me that it just felt like a carbon copy of what he did last week uh, in terms of um uh, um uh, yeah, yeah, the exe- header. yeah the execution and everything it was yeah. quite similar and uh, watching him celebrate with Konate and then uh, listening to him uh, uh, screaming I told you I told you yeah. uh, when they were celebrating right by the, the corner flag. That was a career night for Tsimikas. I mean, mm. yeah, maybe he has had better games in his career, but not in an Anfield European night, not in the knockout stage quarterfinals of the Champions yeah. League, getting the Man of the Match award because the people who vote are very smart and know that, yeah, maybe Bobby deserves it more because he scored two goals, but let's give it to this guy because it will mean the world to him. (laughs) And it did. And uh, it was a great night because it it was a game in a quarterfinal involving the the two best uh, Greek players right now, uh, the goalkeeper of Benfica and our backup uh, (laughs) left back at Liverpool. And... uh, it's it's a proud moment for us, but it's a huge day for him as well because uh, I'm gonna pick up where you from what you said. I mean, when we started talking, <laughs> and uh, he was the reason. And back then, I told you guys that <clears throat> I don't know how his uh, career will go for Liverpool. It's a huge step for him, that, but I can tell you that he's similar to Robertson. That's all I can tell you. So I see why, I know why Liverpool got, got him. Because it wasn't a transfer in terms of getting a better player in from what you already have. It wasn't a transfer of, in terms of getting a different player in, like Thiago, when you have your midfield, but you need a midfielder that does uh, things in a, in a very different way than the other midfielders you, you have. No, it's a, it's a transfer when, when you look for a player that he's similar to what you already have, you don't care if he's, he's the better player than Robo because you are absolutely delighted with what you have with Robertson. You're not looking for an, for an improvement. You're looking for the same type of player that can offer you a backup, that can offer competition for Robertson and that you can, you can rely on him that when he's called up to start in a game, Nothing will change. Not, not, not that much. I'm not saying that mm. it's the same when we have Robo on the, on the team. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Simikas is not at that level. Yeah. And maybe he will never reach that level, but it's okay because he doesn't have to. He, he only needs to be a very decent backup. And when you watch him play like that, you got Liverpool timeline on Twitter saying, you know what? He will be a starter in maybe 17 or 18 Premier League clubs right now? 16. Easy, easy. Yeah, yeah that, and that's the point. That's the point of having that much uh, quality as a backup. It's amazing. It's amazing for us. Amazing. And that's why they got him in the first place. And I'm so glad that everybody 
now can see uh, the kind of player he is, the commitment, and the fact that he's 100% successful transfer. Another 100% successful transfer for Liverpool because that's exactly what they needed and that's exactly what they got. Ab- yeah, no, absolutely. I am I'm thrilled for him as well. I mean, I think I do agree with what people say there, where he does like start for at least you know 13, 14 Premier League sides. Um, yeah. I I would agree with that. But then I've got to ask you something. Then, um, Themis, would you then and like I I want the most realist answer here then because yeah. like then do you think he should not be like uh, it is hard for you because you're a Liverpool fan and you're probably yeah. say yeah 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 no no he should be a backup do you then think that maybe he's too good to be a sub well no I don't think he's too good to be a sub because uh, you're talking about you know the, you're talking about world class level uh-huh. right now when we're and talking that's about what benching him isn't it really yeah, what are you talking about Liverpool FC right now? You're talking about the the, the absolute elite yeah. of the club, the absolute elite of requirements and of standards, of performances, absolute elite about everything. So <clears throat> um, I, would, I would love that to happen. I would love to come, uh, to, for us to come to a point and say, yeah, maybe he deserves to be the first choice. Uh, it would be amazing, but uh, no, uh, I don't think. Uh, I'm, as much as I love the guy, and I'm as, as much as I love the kid, and I'm very proud of him, uh, no, Robo is <laughs> is miles ahead of him in yeah. terms of what he can bring to the to the pitch week in, week out, and Simikas uh, has some things to improve as well. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm not happy about him, uh, but uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I see people going there without them being Greek <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people went there when Robbo was having a bit of a stinker and Chimikas uh, had to come in and I think yeah. he was injured as well. I think he yeah. was off form and he was injured or vice versa. I can't remember what, what order that was. And it was like, no, 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 Costa should start now. Costa should start now. And, you know, and I love that and I love getting behind the players and stuff. And, you know, but you know what? Credit to um, uh, Costa, um, uh, Tim, uh, Timmy Cass, because I'll tell you one thing, soon as he started playing well, I kind of noticed a massive, massive, rapid imp- improvement in Robertson. Yeah. That, it's no that's coincidence. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point of being able to... Uh, you know what? If a, if a first uh, team player, if your first option is having you know, a bad spell or uh, stuff like that, you should be able to tell him, take it easy, take your time, get your form back, and you'll be right back at the team. It's... It hurts. I know people think that players want to play every game, and that's true. But also, players need to take some time off when they're not having their best spell at the at the club. It's it's good for them, for the mentality, also and for the body as well. So it's a great thing to say. You know, we're gonna be fine without you at your top at the top of your game. We're gonna be fine without that. Take your time and get your feet back on track. And uh, you'll be first choice uh, again. I mean, it works amazingly for everybody, for the team, for Simikas as a backup, who knows. I mean, he has started 
17 games this season, right? Mm-hmm. He, has, he has played in 21 games yeah. and started 17 times for Liverpool. I mean, <laughs> what's not to like? I mean, I know it's not every game. It's not, you know, 40 or 50 games per season. Mm-hmm. But that's his role. And uh, he sees now that there is no point of arguing in the summer because there were some rumors past summer. I was, I oh, yeah, I remember he, you telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about, you know, you're not getting playtime and he was injured and he got COVID and maybe he will look for alternatives and stuff like that. No, this is the place you want to be because starting 17 uh, games in all competitions for one of the best clubs in the world is not a bad place to be. It's not a bad, bad, bad place to be at all. So, yeah, maybe you won't start in a final or maybe you won't start versus Manchester City, but you can play in the quarter league of the quarter league, uh, quarter final of the of the Champions League. You can play versus Chelsea. You can play versus, I don't know, you're there. So you're playing with the best. And you know what? Robo is, okay, Robo is like Mo, right? Let's say that he was one of the world-class players in our uh, team right now. If Mo is having one, two or three uh, games where he's finishing his off or stuff like that, would you say that uh, Diaz would be the first choice and Mo should be bench? You would never say that, would you? Mm. So yeah. why, would, why would we say that about Robo? I mean, I thought it was a little bit unfair for a guy that has given everything for Liverpool and it has been absolutely immense for us. Maybe he doesn't have the quality of Trent, and nobody would say that about Trent. I'm sure about that. Nobody would say, you know what, Trent is not playing very well for the past two or three games, so let's bench him because we have, you know, another Tsimikas playing as, as, a, as a right back, maybe next year. We have a decent cover-up, who knows. And w- would you say bench Trent for a backup option like Tsimikas? You would never say that because he has immense quality. And uh, I think that it was unfair for Robo. I, I thought it was a knee-jerk uh, reaction from the certain part of, of our fan base, saying, you know what, he got an assist and Simikas is delivering and his set pieces are amazing, so bench Robo and give that guy four or five minutes mm. as first choice at the left off. That was a knee-jerk reaction. As much as I love the kid because he's Greek, that was very, very unfair for, uh, for Robo. Yeah. No, no, I'm glad. And we can always rely on you to be fair. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, fairness yeah. is everything. Yeah. Would, I, would I like to see Tsimika starting and winning the Champions League final for Liverpool? Yeah, I would love that. But if only it's necessary, not because uh, he's Greek and uh, we have to, we're going to have yeah. to play him and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, no, no, that's not the way it goes. I mean, if, it, if he plays, um, double happy for him and for the team. If he doesn't play, I'm not going to go and say, you know what, Tsimikas hasn't played for the past six or seven games, so I'm going to blame Jürgen on anybody else or something like that. No, I'm a Liverpool supporter above all. <laughs> and I try to be fair and stuff. I love it. I love it. Right. Let's kind of talk about it. So, you know, Kanata gets a goal and it's looking very, very comfortable for Liverpool. And then literally, like, 
it was a very interesting game of football, but not like it, <laughs> there was a lot going on. Like you know, there were some great finishes and stuff. But obviously, it it ends at half time one one. I mean, what did you make of the first half? What did you make of the team? Um, uh, you know, the team balance and the midfield and you know just um just everything in general. Because one thing I kind of noticed was um of course that midfield um I think is um it's quite a d a divisive one. You know, there are players in there that people are not so keen on and uh, you know uh, certainly in Henderson James Milner an aging man and then you've got Naby Keita who I think people are only block hold on him it's, I think it's largely down to his injury records rather than his actual skill or ability yeah, of course, of course. yeah you know so you know you, it's a very very interesting bag of a midfield but I'm looking at that defense as well and you know um Themis you're better than me but have they or when was the last time that uh, Konate and Matip have started like I'm literally rattling my brain I can't think well I have to check that <laughs> okay. because, because yeah it's uh, you're right about that it's all about uh, the balance and everything mm. well uh, I know people that you know like to <clears throat> I don't know talk neg- negative about starting lineups and stuff like that mm. and the- and the Brexit midfield and all that uh, stuff. But you know what? If it wasn't for those players, we had to play Thiago again, right? Yeah. We had to play Mo again, maybe. Sadio, uh, Fabinho, all that stuff. We had to play those guys. And uh, everybody would be happy and say, yeah, we're playing with our best players again. But that's not the point right now. (laughs) I mean... That's not the point. I mean, yeah, we we have to play Milner. Either you like it or not, we have to play him right now. Mm. Because his experience, maybe you cannot play, we cannot have all those main, many changes and then have Jones coming in in, the, in midfield. I'm saying just the name there. I get the logic behind uh, Jürgen's choice for the lineup because if we're going to change our whole defense, and have Costas and Gomez and Matip and Konate. Well, are we gonna have inexperienced players in the in mid- midfield again, uh, also as well in the same game? Have we won six nil in the first half in the first leg? No, we haven't haven't won six nil. Yeah, it was a great win, but with the away goal uh, rule uh, being scrapped up, you only have to lose for with two games with two two goals to go to overtime and to be in real trouble. So if I'm going to change the whole lineup of the defense, I have to start Henderson and Milner. I have to, and Naby, in order to have some control of the game. Mm. So, yeah, the first half, yeah, <laughs> not the most entertaining half of uh, football. I mean, we had our chances with uh, Diaz being, yeah, the most constant threat, mm. in my opinion. And Agreed. with... Yeah, with Bobby applying the pressure and Zota trying to find his moments as uh, as always. But I, what I take from the game, apart apart from uh, you know, Simikas's uh, delivery and Bobby smiling again, which is <laughs> something that I think everybody it, it's, it cheers everybody up. Yeah, and hearing the Bobby song. Yeah, and hearing Bobby song and that. Yeah, he must be an amazing guy to hang out with because, you know, that look, 
at the cup for his second goal. Mm-hmm. We don't celebrate yet because I don't know. I might be offside. I might be not. And I'm not going to over-celebrate. I'm going to smile to you, the crowd, and gesture, you, gesture to, to you and say, yeah, let's wait, let's wait. Because I don't know if I was onside or not from that marvelous Zota assist. I mean, he's a joy to behold. And I love the guy. And we're talking about uh, unfair criticism, boy. <laughs> I mean, Bobby. Bobby had all. I mean, he gets criticized every season, right? I mean, did he ever had a season that nobody criticized him in any spell of the season, and nobody said and go on Twitter and say uh, we have to bench him and we have to buy another forward in the summer? Ever? Did we ever manage to get a season? Uh, completed without uh, Bobby getting the stick? I don't know. I've got a question for you, Themis. Which yeah. which one of his two goals did you enjoy more? From Bobby? Mm. Well... I find him quite a flamboyant kind of player, the way he celebrates yeah. as well and yeah, things. I don't yeah. know. It's, for me, it's a full package of what he is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because... He's uh, Even most... when he celebrated with Timikas as well, you know, when uh, Simikas got him his assist for his second, and yeah. he kind of like, I don't know, he almost like stroked his head or something. He did something very strange to Kostas, which made me laugh. <laughs> did you see that? He like did yeah. something to his head. I was like, you, you're so extra, but don't change. <laughs> yeah, never change, Bobby, never change. He's, he's unique, actually, because he, he defends like a German soldier, and then he celebrates like the most flamboyant Brazilian. And uh, that's a mixture that makes him the unique player that he is. And Jürgen has spent all his uh, career in Liverpool trying to defend Bobby as a player because time and again he finds, he thinks, our manager, that he has to defend him because t- people talking about his goals and scoring record and stuff like that. And... Jürgen has uh, often uh, feel, feel he often feels the need that he has to paint the whole picture about that special special uh, footballer. Maybe, yeah, I think his uh, goal from that Zota assist. I mean, that's why I joined the most because of the way he celebrated without celebrating the goal. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's he that's that's unique from. Uh, from Bobby, uh, going uh, in front of the cop to the crowd and saying, don't celebrate yet because I'm not so sure. Maybe I was on, maybe I was off. Let's wait and see. And that smile of his and, uh, yeah, I love the guy. <laughs> How could you not? How could you not? You yeah. know? So, obviously, in the second half, um, you see Jürgen Klopp, triple sub. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, at this point it's 2-1. You see, you know, Marcelo coming on for Jota, Fabinho coming on for Jordan Henderson. And what made me laugh about this was I saw Jordan Henderson put the captaincy armband on James Milner and I was like, that is very interesting, the fact that, you know, James Milner's going to have longer time, but obviously he's not played much football. And then Thiago comes on for um, for James Milner as well. So, and again, one of those times, around about 60 minutes, Jurgen Klopp triple sub. It was mm-hmm. to be expected. And that's one thing I love. I love the fact that, you know, you can bring on those players at that time and you're in a very healthy, comfortable position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because 
we have to say that the starting and can lineup... I, before you even start as well, whilst I speak about the subs as well, can I just say Mo Salah needed that rest and Mo Salah looked very, very good when he came on. Yeah, yeah, because we have to say that A, the starting lineup did their job. Yeah. Right? They had the job to do. We had to qualify and they had to control the game and protect the, the valuable lead that we had from the first leg of the, of the tie, right? So mm-hmm. they did their job. And they had to be rested. And C, we had to bring the best players in because we had to give them, to give them 30 minutes to keep them uh, fresh and all that stuff. And as you said, Mo looked like, yeah, more relaxed maybe, <laughs> more at ease because mm. he had a, a very, very difficult game uh, with City away. Yes, he did. A very difficult game for him, and you know what? I don't know what you talk guys talked about after that uh, draw, mm. but I, I think I think he had a great game. I think he had a good game because it was very hard for him, and he managed maybe to be the only player to keep the ball high up the pitch, and he managed to grab to grab that amazing assist for a Manes equalizer. And, yeah, uh, great ball, by the way, it's all about the ball. Yeah, if it wasn't for that, we would be talking about, you know, maybe the league is gone and we have to focus on the cup competitions, Champions League and the FA Cup. And I don't know if we're going to win the league or not, but we have, we still have our chances. And uh, Mo played an amazing uh, part for that. And uh, I don't know what people think about that game. I think he was one of our, be- of our better players at the at the Etihad, and I'm glad that he's rested, and I'm, I'm thinking that he's uh, very soon we're going to watch him uh, start scoring again and celebrate uh, for us. I'm very confident on that. Absolutely, we can't wait as well, and I think he can't wait as well. I think it's just one of those things where once he gets one, I think it's going to be like floodgates. I think they'll just keep coming and yeah. just keep coming, and you know, for that, you know, absolutely, you know, we 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 have no doubts. I mean, you know, it's really interesting. Again, in the second half, like I thought, Liverpool looked in 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 control for majority of it, and you know, we're we're three one at this point, and then. It gets a little bit interesting. Now, can we just talk about this? Because what I noticed was, and obviously I've done a part with um, Marco Lopez, and, you know, he speaks about their midfield being probably the weakest and softest part. Yeah, yeah. One I thing I noticed that. was, yeah, and, you know, a lot the full-backs are having a lot of the ball, the wide players are having a lot of the ball. But in the second half, what I what I noticed was, was it was the ball over the top that was just kept doing us, uh, yeah. you know, just completely bypassing the midfield. And our defence, certainly on the right-hand side as well, I felt. I felt like they were, would you say that's fair as well? That they were more, um, I don't know, trying to trying to attack down our right-hand side where Gomez was. And um, mm-hmm. it was what? it was kind of like, yeah, that over-the-top balls are doing us. But, and we were just like, what's going on? What's going on? And I, this is where, and this player needed the rest. But that's where Virgil van Dijk is so badly missed because he literally cleans up that ball. Well, that 90 minutes of football is a, a, a great watch for anybody that wants to know how amazingly difficult is what Liverpool are doing with their high line mm-hmm. and their proper defenders on the pitch. I mean, you have to watch that game without unbalanced uh, defence because of the, of the players. It's not their fault, as Jürgen said. It's the, it's the manager's fault. I mean, I'm so glad he said that because 
it was a, his way of telling people, don't criticize the players for those uh, mistakes and the high balls that they didn't deal with and the, the, the times that they kept Benfica players on site. Don't criticize them because they're unbalanced. They, they haven't played together for <laughs> the, the biggest part of the season. And that's, that's bound to happen. So you watch that and you watch the goals that we conceded when the linesman had his flag up and then VAR said, no, no, no. He was on site time and again. And you watch that and you realize, my God, how are they doing it? How are proper defense with Robo and Trent and Virgil and Matip, how on earth are they managing time and again in every game to keep that their line so high up on the pitch and at the same time grabbing a record <laughs> in the Premier League of how many times in a game they managed to get their, their opponents offside. I mean, how, how I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't have an answer. How they are so organized, so synchronized, so coordinated. It's like they're moving with one mind. It's like seeing uh, a four-body difference with one single mindset. And that's, that, that's amazing. That's very hard, very hard to do on the pitch. You know how hard it is? What's a <laughs> return leg versus Benfica and realize how hard it is, how amazingly difficult it is. So I, you know I think what? the only time where it looked, not, not that it looked because that is wrong, because it, it, for me, I think they played really well. But the only time where I thought that quite recently that where it got quite tested was against Man City. Yeah. Yeah, but and that is yeah. because it's a world-class team, like we've said. Exactly, with a world-class manager, yeah. with world-class tactics and all that stuff. I yes. mean, yeah, absolutely. It uh, versus Man City, a couple of things were not at the level we're used to, but yeah. it's you have to give credit to the opponent. You do. It's because you know what we're kind of used to, and we're a little bit spoiled because what we're uh, already witnessing is. Great teams, good teams, who have a great spell of results, and then they face Liverpool, and they have a very bad game, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we do to other teams. Yeah. They have great spells, and then they play Liverpool, and then they are exposed. And either Milan thinking they have a great season, bam, you're out. And uh, Milan is, are getting back to the Champions League, and we win them uh, home and away. Yeah. Stuff like that. And we do it in the Premier League as well, with teams that they are having a good spell, and then they play Liverpool, and all of a sudden, they seem like a mediocre team. Well, my friend, <laughs> there is a team that can do that thing to us as well. There's a team, and they call it Manchester City, and whatever yeah. we, th- we think about them, they're the world-class team. And yes. we, cannot, we cannot play versus them in the same way that we can play in every, against every other opponent, opponent. And that's only fair because they're a world-class team. We cannot replicate everything we do uh, versus the other teams when we play that particular team. Maybe we'll have a better game on Saturday. Yeah, I hope so, in the FA Cup. And Jürgen said so as well, that we're not, we weren't at the top of the game and we can play better versus them. And I, I'm expecting to see that in the FA Cup semi-final. But... We cannot, it's a very uh, stupid, I might say, from people to watch that high line work wonders for us throughout the season, 
getting us to a position that we can manage and try and win four trophies, right? That's where we are mm -hmm. right now. Due to that high line, and then when some things don't work perfectly in a game versus the best opponent we can get right now in world football mm -hmm. at their home ground, and then take that and say, you know what? I told you so. That high line is very dangerous. You're stupid if you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, I might be a little rude here to somebody. I don't know. But you're stupid if you're doing that. If you take that, that particular game versus that particular opponent in their home ground as an example to uh, lift your voice up and say, you know what? I told you so. It doesn't work. It works. And we have won the League Cup. And we have a chance of winning the league, the Champions League, and the AFA Cup because of how amazingly that high line works. It does work. So don't take a few uh, things up, 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 uh, from that city game as, a, as an argument to claim that I told you so. It doesn't work. It works. And don't be stupid. <laughs> here, here. No, no, yeah, no. I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry with you. I'm I mean, with yeah. you. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I found the second half, like, really, really hilarious, actually, because yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we were 3-1 up because I think I would have been really, really nervous at that point. Not nervous, but I think it certainly helps, and I'm so glad, to some degree, you know, like, you look at it and you think, you know what, I'm glad the away goals are done now, so whatever it will be, will be, certainly when yeah. you take the second, yeah. you know, when you're at home in the second leg, but... It could be scary at some point, yeah. It could. I mean, they're playing, I mean, they're, they're, I guess you want to call him their star player, right, Nunes? Uh, yeah. I thought some of his touches were absolutely brilliant. The goals that he took as well, and I think he looks like some player, uh, yeah. you know... His, he, mov his movement for a 22-year-old yeah. forward is mm -hmm. amazing because yeah. that stuff is supposed... You're supposed to learn that stuff as you grow. I mean, after 24, maybe 26 years of age, you become the complete forward because you have an understanding of the game and the reading of the game and the defense and the movements you have to make or don't have to make and yeah. the spaces you have to attack. And that boy looks nowhere near 22 years of age in terms of his understanding of the game. I was amazed. I mean, people fight and talk about uh, Mbappe and Haaland well, the team that's going to grab him is <laughs> going to have a real bargain in their hands, for sure, for the future. Would you be interested? Well, <laughs> I'm tempted because, yeah, I, Liverpool don't buy players that young. I mean, we got Konate, for sure. But our main approach is to buy players at the age of 24, 25, when we have a big... Uh, an adequate amount of data to look at, to look into, yeah. and not get fooled, you know, you know, to be as sure as possible about the player we're getting. Yes. But, but sometimes we have to make an exemption, and we did that with Konate, because we thought that he was a real bargain, and we didn't care that he's only 21, 22 years of age. Well, I'd be tempted to look at that kid, because... Again, I'm saying, I'm repeating myself here, but the movement, I'm, I don't care about the finishes because finishing is all about form. And sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes you have a purple patch and everything yeah. goes in. And sometimes you're more, more shallow of last season of that um, horrible 10-game spell where we, he couldn't find the, net, uh, the yeah. net for, back of the net for his life. I mean, 
And if you watch him play at that uh, particular game, you would say that not only he's not the best forward in the world, he's rubbish. <laughs> I mean, that, that comes and goes, finishing. Mm. But the movement is what will get you gold, goals eventually. So mm. I was amazed by that kid, really amazed. Watch this space, yeah. I I think there'll be a lot of teams looking at him, but you know what? I'm not going to go there, and I'm not going to get into that. But I mean, I think there was a few. Yeah, there were some a few like people. I don't know, maybe dramatizing it. Maybe the my commentary team was all, ooh, you know, ooh, six four, you know, and giving it all that. I was not nervous. Yeah. Well, I wasn't nervous as as well. I mean, I was. Uh, as I said, as I said to you before the game, after that. Uh, marvelous win at Lisbon. Uh, I'm not expecting us to win the game. <laughs> I really I really am not expecting us because that's the position uh, that you give to yourself when you grab those amazing away wins in the first leg. That's the position we were in after uh, Inter Milan and that's the position we got ourselves and uh, after the, the the Lisbon game. And you know what? I was so relieved and so glad that we got that result because imagine without our schedule and the, the, the trophies, we we find ourselves having to fight in this next 40 days. Well, imagine if we had lost the first game 1-0. I'm not saying a 3-1 defeat, right? I'm just saying 1-0. Benfica, Liverpool, 1-0. Darwin, Nunez, the scorer. Imagine that if we had to overcome a defeat in the first leg in order to qualify for the seventh. Imagine the lineup. Imagine the, the added fatigue to our star players. Imagine the effort we had to put on the game for 90 minutes and then having to face City again after we face City in the league on uh, Sunday. I mean, imagine that. What would our lineup would, would be? And I'm saying, I'm saying that uh, without thinking that maybe would go out, I'm, I'm saying that let's say that we we would have another Anfield comeback, okay? And let's say we win uh, three three nil three one, but the effort we have to put on the pitch in order to get that win would be so much more than the effort we did have on the pitch uh, Tuesday night. So we we gave ourselves uh, an amazing position to be in that return leg. In terms of everything, so I wouldn't care about the crazy result. You know, some people saying that we were unbalanced and not focused and stuff like that. It was a perfect night. Shut, shut up about it. It was perfect. It was, and you know what? It's nice. It's great. You know, and what's even greater is the fact that who will be playing in the semi-final. Um, <laughs> Let's let's go there. Uh, we actually spoke and we thought we Villarreal were the better team in the first leg. Yeah. Probably should have scored a fair few more goals just to secure themselves. Obviously, this this game was being played. Uh, the the night that Chelsea were playing, and I think well, obviously we'll talk about that one in a minute. But um, I wasn't really I wasn't really watching this one. I was watching the other one. But uh, you know, you, you get the score notification that yep. Yeah, Lewandowski, he scored, and you're like, ah, oh, no, no, yeah. no. And my word, that goal right at the end, 87th minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I mean, the drama, 
you know, the Alliance just being completely silenced. I mean, for you, um, Themis, where does that rank in terms of upsets? Because, you know, we're not disrespecting Villarreal here because they actually do play some nice football and they actually do have some dangerous players. I think they're quite good on the counter-attack. Their three balls are really good as well. I think that's what kind of did Bayern Munich. But where does this rank in terms of an upset? Because I don't think people were expecting that. Well... We have to look at the at the tie, um, thinking about both games because you were absolutely right saying that a they deserved the the win in the first leg, b they were a little bit unlucky not to score a second goal, right? Yes. So they got their luck back <laughs> in the away leg. I mean, uh, Bayern. Uh, should be, you know, a little bit disappointed with the the way the, the, the tie went because Villarreal had only four shots in the whole game. Yeah. And they scored in the way you said, silencing the whole crowd and all that stuff. Bayern had a, not an amazing game, but they were the better team. They had the, the complete control of the game. They didn't score the big chances, but they managed to squeeze one in from uh, with Lewandowski. Yeah. And uh, I have to be fair here. I thought they were in control. I, I think they were hard done by hard done by the result of the return leg. But they were not hard done by the result in the first leg. So you have to look at the tie with the both 800 with what uh, 180 minutes. It's not yeah. about it's not about the return leg only. And yeah, uh, yeah Chelsea <laughs> found themselves in a similar position. I mean, yeah, they feel they were unlucky going out in overtime in Madrid, but they they have to find themselves to blame for the way they played and not take the chances in the first game. So it's all about the two games uh, tie. And I know a lot of people are happy that we're going to don't have to face Bayern and we have to play bigger at all. But, you know, I don't think he will ever say it, but I think Jürgen wanted to face Bayern Munich again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I absolutely think so as well. I, yeah. I I definitely do. And also, like, we're going to be playing Villarreal and, like, they are naturally just the underdog team, right? I don't yeah. like facing that team. I don't like a, a team that has literally, like, you know, no one expected Villarreal to get this far, right? I think that's fair. And look yeah. at the teams that they've knocked a- along the way. You know, so they got, um, they eliminated Juventus and now uh, Bayern Munich. Every year we have like this sweetheart team and like I don't want to face them. Not that I'm scared of them, I'm not. But it's just it's just one of those things. I mean, they do play some nice football. They've got some good players. Mm-hmm. And Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something about them. They are the reigning Europa League champions, right? Yes, they are. And they are in the semi-final of the of the Champions League this season. Mm-hmm. That means that they have won every knockout round they have faced since last season. I did not even think of that, but yes. Yeah. Okay, let me get you another thing to think about. Last season, they played versus Salzburg, Dynamo Kiev, Dynamo Zagreb, and Arsenal in the semi-final. And then they won the final on penalties versus uh, Manchester United, right? Yes. That's nine games. That's nine games. Four knockout ties, eight games, 
and one final nine games. And then they have already played four games this season in the knockout stage, right? Yeah. So that's a total of, of uh, 13 games. How many have they lost? You think? I'm not talking about the tie because they have won every single tie to get here, right? And okay. the cup. I'm talking about a single game, a single defeat. How many games? I, I, you know what? You're going to chuck me now. I bet they've scraped a lot. Well, um, am I they, right? They haven't, they haven't lost a single game. Have they not lost a single game? Wow. They haven't lost a single knockout game, not tie, since last season. They won not the Europa League. a single game. No, they haven't lost a single game. You know what? I'm at the total opposite. I thought they're going to do that whole, like, you know, like when we talk about Benfica's like, defensive record yeah. and all this, I thought it was one of them where they just like blundered their way, you know, along the, al- along the way. But my word. That's exactly what I, I wanted to talk to you about. And I didn't want to finish the pod without mentioning that. Because, yeah, underdog story, for sure. But the Euro- they're Europa League champions, and they won the Europa League last season without losing a single game in the competition. Maybe in the group stage, in the group stage, it's not a you know an yeah. amazing thing to do to not lose a single game because you're facing teams from all, all over Europe, Europe, and then you maybe you can have an easy group stage, right? Yeah. So it's it's not a great amazing thing to not lose a single game out of the six games in the group stage. But they didn't lose a single game winning the competition in the knockout stage. And they haven't lost in the knockouts so far in Champions League. They went to Salzburg in the first away game. They won 2-0. And then they won again in their home ground. They faced Dynamo Kiev. First leg away from home, 2-0 win. Return leg, home game, 2-0 win. They faced Dynamo Zagreb away from home, 1-0 win. They face them again in their home ground, 2-1. Six wins in mm. order to, lead, to reach the semi-final. Then they faced Arsenal, and they won the first game at their home ground, 2-1, and they grabbed a 0-0 draw in the return leg in the Emirates in order to advance to the final, where they didn't lose versus Manchester United, and they grabbed their win on penalties. So yeah. this season, they draw with Juventus at their home ground, and they yeah. go... To Italy and smash them. Yes. Yes. And then yes. they face and then they face Bayern Munich. They win one 0 at home and then and they grab their draw. They haven't lost a single knockout game since last season. So underdogs match? Yeah. If you're looking at the quality and the the history of uh, Liverpool, Real, and City, yeah, they are the, the other dogs of the semi-final. But <laughs> don't think don't think. Anything for granted versus that team. Anything for granted. Because they simply they are simply very, very hard to beat. Very hard to beat. And that's that's the biggest advantage for myself. If I if I have to say one thing about them, is that they take so much out of you when you try to defeat them that eventually somehow they manage to grab the win for themselves. That's That's one sentence for me about them, is that they are very, they are so hard to beat and defeat that at the end of the game somehow you find yourself in the losing position, because they take so much out of you in order to crack the defensive setup 
and in order to uh, you know take the game to them that's not not an easy task to do not an easy task to do they are very hard to beat and that's the the biggest advantage yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've felt the same as well. Like their defensive shape is pretty, pretty decent. Two banks of fours, you know, yeah. and, you know, tight, tight space between the midfield and the defence, which it kind of makes me very, very happy and very, very um, blessed and grateful to think about the kind of forwards that we've got and, yeah. you know, what, what they could potentially do against that setup as well. Right, so let's move on to, I think, probably... Uh, the the game that we did, well, I watched that night, was Chelsea versus Real Madrid. Now, I was watching this game <laughs> and I was going through all kinds of emotion for a neutral, which was quite bizarre because you should not be going through so many emotions as a neutral. But it was a case of which one of these two two teams is going to bottle it. First, it looked like Real Madrid was going to bottle it. It was just swaying um, from one, one way to the other. I felt like Chelsea started and approached this game how they should start and approach the first one. Yes, uh, You exactly. know, they were on the front foot, they looked aggressive, but you kind of, you spoke about um, the, the Bayern Munich and Villarreal um, set, of, um, set of results. And I felt the same here. Chelsea should have put in that result in the first leg and they were like kind of like having to um, claw back what went horribly wrong for them. But you know what? They started off really well and I'm sure you were sat there as well, you know, when, when the people likes of Mount and Rudiger scored, you're like, oh my gosh, this could get very interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. I mean, it even made it even more crazier because Werner even scored. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that kid, uh, you know, he seems to be a little jinxed. I mean, <laughs> even, yeah, even when he scored with an amazing solo goal, a very difficult goal to take. Yeah. And, he didn't have his moment because eventually they didn't qualify, and uh, all all the whole planet, uh, all they talk about is that Modric outside of the boot oh. assist to Rodrigo. Nobody talks yes. about Werner. But had they qualified for Chelsea, it would be a great story for him, and people on the press would write stories about him, yeah. his redemption and all that stuff. And, and even when he scores, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he never catches a break, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I, I do feel like, you know, obviously him and uh, Havertz came together and I feel like he has just really, like, it's just not really kicked on for him. And obviously yeah. he was, like, the player that, every you know, we were linked with him as well. Yes. We know, maybe, and... maybe we jinxed him because, yeah, he didn't, he didn't want to wait when they, we told him, you know, wait because we have to sort out our, uh, our financial situation. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm not going to wait because Chelsea are making a much, much better offer for him. Maybe we jinxed him and said, yeah, go to Chelsea. See what's the goal. <laughs> go work with uh, Frank Labbert instead of Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, that's a, that's a great choice for you. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you'll learn so, so much. But again, you know, you spoke about that Modric pass. I mean, that guy absolutely is unreal uh that yeah. pass was absolutely phenomenal i thought rodrigo's finish was great as well but no one will mention that i thought yeah. modric pass and you know what i remember actually when uh, luca modric won um the ballon d'or and i was a bit like how on earth has he won it that season and i'm not gonna lie and i was a bit like hmm, really 
first of all, I'm really, really glad that he did and he kind of changed it up. And when you look back now, maybe for not for that season, but for just his contribution as, as what he is as a footballer. Exactly. You, you, know, you said it perfectly, yeah. You know, and I love the fact that he kind of... Um, I don't know, but a bit of difference in between that whole Messi and Ronaldo rivalry as well. I mean, for me, that season, he shouldn't have won. You know, I I could get why he won it, but for me, nah, not really. But in hindsight now, I look back and I'm like, you know what? I'm yeah. glad you won it. It, it, gives, it gives me like the whole Pavel Nedved vibes. I mean, you said it perfectly. I I agree with every single word you said. When, they, when he won it, I was saying, yeah, you're giving Ballon d'Or to a player who scored only one goal in the season. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that his job is to score goals and stuff like that. But he didn't have a season like Xavi or Iniesta in the past for Barcelona. Those guys who a lot of people were saying that they were hard done by the fact that they, they never won it. Yeah. Right? But as you're saying right now, in his sight, it's, it's a great thing to remember that he actually won it for, uh, for taking Croatia to the World Cup final. He yeah. didn't win it, but what can you do about that? And again, I have to say, as you said, because you are very honest about that, that, you know, made mixed feelings during the game and that shouldn't happen as a neutral fan, right? Yeah. It's another, of, it's another set of games that proves me right when I say that Real Madrid are the only club, the only club in Europe that they are not punished in the Champions League when they have an off night. All the other clubs, all the other clubs, you have you having an off game, you having maybe just a half of game. What you're not at the top of the game, you're out. You're making a single mistake, you're out. Adrian passes the ball to the opponent. Liverpool are out when they face Atletico Madrid, even though they have an amazing game that night, that, uh, night right? Bayern Munich, you had uh, an off night in Spain in the first leg versus Villarreal. Well, maybe you can have a great night in, Bayern Mu- in uh, Munich, but one single shot, one single counter-attack, you're out. Mm. The only team in Europe, the only team in Europe <laughs> that can have an off night and still qualify is that team, is Real Madrid. They never get punished. Mm. Ever, ever get punished. You have to really thrust them, like Chelsea did last season, like Ajax did mm-hmm. uh, three seasons ago. You have to really thrust them. Even if they are having an off night and not playing at the best of the game, somehow, somehow, I mean, that police is chance right at the death, because people talk about overtime, right? Mm. Yeah, but it was one, uh, it was 3-1 to Chelsea, and the Pulisic had the chance at the, the, at the stoppage time from the sixth yard box, and it went out, and I think they have good players, I know, and they have players that can make a difference, and they have players that can work wonders in the decisive moments. And they had Ronaldo, and now they have Benzema, and now they have Modric and all that stuff. Mm. But that sense, it's not about the quality of your team, right? It's not about your team. It's about pure, pure luck. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even about, you know, Alisson making a save, right? It's not about, mm. you know, having Alisson at goal and making that wonder save versus Napoli three seasons ago, yeah? When we all said, 
that he kept us in the competition. Well, it's a very it's a moment of luck, but it's also a moment of quality from your goalkeeper, right? Mm. It's not that Courtois made a save. It's that Pulisic had the chance to win it at stoppage time for Chelsea, and it went out. <laughs> Just like that. And Jorginho had a chance to win it in overtime, and he, he didn't find the, the target. Real Madrid are the only, only club in world football that they are not punished by their mistakes in the knockout states. They always find a way to go through. Always find a way to go through. It's, it's amazing. We'll have to keep, I'm going to keep an eye, we'll have to keep an eye on this and, you know, should they make the final and uh, we meet them, let's hope, you know, that it's them on the receiving end of everything. You know what? I don't believe you know against. I do not support Real Madrid. I have never uh, supported Real Madrid. Yeah. But it's not that I like, I, that I hate them or stuff like that. I mean, I try, I watch them as a neutral. You know what? I know, I know for a fact that the only time that I want them to go through this time, the only time that I, I'm supporting Real Madrid, they're not going to go through. No. <laughs> they're not going to do me the favor because I want them in the final should Liverpool progress yeah. to the final. I want to face Real Madrid. I want to replicate the 81 final uh, of, uh, yeah, and all yeah. the stuff. I want revenge from what happened in, the, in Kiev. And, yep. And because I want all that stuff, and because maybe for the only time in my life that I'm truly supporting Real Madrid to go through, I'm not. They're gonna. They're not gonna do that favor to me. No, they're not. It's gonna really? be City. It's gonna be City again. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> uh you know what? Who knows? You might. You might find yourself pleasantly surprised if, if you know, maybe they've got one little bit of luck left, or whatever you want to call it, in in. In the Champions League, um, one more, then they, it can all fizzle out for them. They can yeah, turn into a pumpkin on yeah. the Champions League final against us. City versus Atletico. Oh my God! Right, so that was the interesting and exciting game. Obviously, this one was on when we were playing. Uh, you know what? It just summarizes them perfectly. Right, finished nil nil. Nothing, no, nothing happened in terms of goals. I think Atletico, Atleti were trying to be more attack minded. But I think that isn't really the talking point here. I think it was just a really, really ugly encounter, right? Yeah. Well, I've I've heard and I've read a lot of stuff about that game. Very different mm. stuff, you know, about uh, the way that Atletico forced City in uh, playing football in a way they don't like for the past half hour of the game, right? Mm. So I I read a lot of people, you know, giving credit to Atletico Madrid for that past half an hour for football. And I'm not saying that I disagree with that. All I'm saying is that we have to look at some things from the city perspective, from their part of the game. And, you know, City are a team of quality and team of, you know, attacking football and other stuff, which uh, having, they're having trouble in the knockout stages, right? They got knocked mm-hmm. out by lesser teams at the past. And then they went to the final last season when they uh, lost versus Chelsea. And I'm saying that I find it really threatening <laughs> for any other club in Europe. The fact that City are learning to go through in different ways. Because if they keep their qualities as an amazing football team, 
and as an amazing attacking machine, if they keep that and add to their arsenal that they can go through in that game, because the way the game was played in the final 30 minutes of the game, you would say that favors Atletico, right? Because that's the game they love. Yeah. That's the game they, they're used to. And they got what they wanted in terms of how the game won, uh, went in the final 30 minutes of the of the tie. But City managed to stay in the game and they managed to qualify. And if they learn to, how to do that, <laughs> then they would be an even much harder team to beat if they manage to go through in that type of games. That's all I'm saying. I mean, credit to Atletico for what they did in the final uh, phase of the game, but Mm -hmm. also credit to City because they kept their nerve and they kept their shape even though they were forced to do things that they don't like. They were forced to defend deep, right? They were forced to Mm -hmm. give away possession far too easily for them. If that happens, you're thinking, yeah, they're going to go out because they do not like that and they're not used to that, right? But they managed to go through. That, right now, they are the favorites for the Champions League, for me. I think they have a slight advantage because of this, the size of their squad, because they have to win every league game in order to, in order to retain the title, right? Mm-hmm. And they have to win every game and go through a very uh, hard Real Madrid size in order to reach the final again for the second time mm-hmm. in a row. And they have the proper squad to do it because they have all these amazing solutions. I mean, we say and we have every right to say that Liverpool have a squad too as well for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him. Well, we have every, every right to say so because for a Liverpool point of view, this is the best squad we've ever had, right? Mm-hmm. But for them, <laughs> that is a normality. <laughs> I mean, for them to bring Mahrez and to have all these amazing plays in the midfield and all that stuff and their amazing solutions in the defense, that's a normality for them. So I'm thinking maybe it's slight favourites, but for me, the other favourites right now. I think a lot of people would agree with that. And obviously, it did turn really ugly and, you know, it turned quite unsavoury. And I don't know, I, I kind of caught up with some of, like, the, the reports post-match and stuff. And uh, I believe so few City players have been injured. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, could, you know, I don't know if it's how true it is or what, yeah. you know. But, you well, know, you we'll have to you, wait and see, yeah. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. Because naturally, I'm thinking about the game on Saturday and what what does that entail for you know Man City and their season? But it was just so. I don't know if you know like the end scenes of like them constantly fighting. I mean, what did you make of what Savage did? You know, to 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 Foden. I mean, <laughs> where do you sit on that? Because, I, you know what, I, I watched it on BT Sport, and like naturally, English team, somebody does something to an English team, they're gonna all yeah. dramatize it, you know, because yeah, it is course. that way. It is yeah. that way. But if you actually look up Foden, he kind of falls off the pitch and then rolls kind of back on. Yeah. And I think Savage just got really annoyed. I'm not going to be wrong, probably wasn't the best way to deal with the situation because he literally started off a brawl. Yeah, because 
Atletico Madrid are the the professors of that kind of game. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the elite club of the world in terms of the dark arts. Let's yeah. let we all agree on that. So, <laughs> so they are the first ones to recognize what you're trying to do. <laughs> they are the first one to recognize. No, no, no. You're cloning back in in order for the game to be stopped. Right? That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> And, and I know what you're doing because I'm the one who does that when Atletico Madrid need that from me. So I recognize what you're doing and I'm going to drag you from the shirt to get you out of the pitch again. And yeah, I get what you're saying about British sport and stuff like that because, you know, I, I know English players never dive, right? They don't have the never. mentality. Yeah, ever. Never, ever. It's only small and Drogba. And foreign players dive. Uh, Steven Gerrard never never dive for a penalty. Yeah, and Flag Lombard and Wayne Rooney. Yeah, no, never them. It's only foreigners that uh, dive and simulate and stuff like that. And you know, I actually did the pod about that, and I said uh, that you know maybe the worst football cliche is the phrase. Scenes that nobody wants to see. <laughs> Because, yeah, we have to be honest here. Everybody loves fighting. I mean, commentators and journalists always say, you know, that's the ugly aspect of the game and scenes that nobody wants to see and uh, that's very unprofessional and players fighting and cursing each other and spitting and stuff like that. But you know what? Nobody switches the channel. Nobody switches the TV off when there is a brawl or stuff like that. We all love to see that. We, maybe not in every game, right? <laughs> But it's, it's a great spectacle when that happens. I mean, watching that brawl in the tunnel where they had the, the police had to interrupt, yeah, and to, to yeah. break the fight. Well, every, every once in a, in a while, I love to see that. Maybe I wouldn't love to see my team involved, for sure, because yeah. of, of the suspension and all that stuff. And I love the fact that we are a very professional team in every way of the game. I love that. Yeah, that's a huge credit to 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 the boys and, and and to Jurgen. But if I'm watching a game as a neutral, yeah, I would love to see them fight every once in a while. I don't mind. I don't care. It's not scenes that <laughs> I, I do not want to see. It's scenes that I love to see. I mean, that Grealish cursing uh, Savage, <laughs> hilarious. I love that. I don't care. I don't care. And Simeone with all his antics and, you know, uh, clapping the, 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 offici- the, the referees and City and the irony of uh, Atletico Madrid Blaming Master City that they were uh, <laughs> they were trying to stop time and stuff like that. Yeah, that yeah, beautiful that night. I mean, I I thought that as well. Yeah, I mean, what's not to like? What's not to like? Yeah, every once in a while we should have a game like that. No football, no tactics, no beautiful outside of the boot uh, assists and dribbles and amazing goals. No, a hard fought nil nil draw with. 20 players fighting about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I would love to see a game like that. 
proper little throwback game of yeah. football there. Yeah. You know, it takes you back to time. Right, Thema, so to you, they are the favourites, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. I think a lot of people would definitely agree with that. Um, I think we have pretty much come to the end of this part. Is there anything you'd like to share from the games, from these from these uh, knockout ties, anything? It's yours. Well, just, just a wish that... Uh... Liverpool are going to go to both cup finals we're fighting for right now. Just the wish that we're going to play the FA Cup final and the Champions League final, along with the remaining fixtures of the league. And let's, let's all have a date back in June and see where that game's <laughs> led us. I mean, that's my only hope. For us to fight and at least reach both finals, Maybe we finish the season with the League Cup as our only trophy. Maybe that's a possibility. Maybe we can win something more, right? Yeah. But it's it's amazing to think that we're uh, in a position to fight for the league, for the FA Cup, and the Champions League uh, as well. So, yeah, I know every, every every some people wish that we can win them all, right? Yeah, that's that's a fair uh, wish. I mean, I don't I don't disagree with that. All I'm saying that I'm wishing for a more realistic thing to happen. So my wish is uh, for us to play both finals, and let's see where that takes us. Maybe we can win them both. Maybe we can win one of them. Let's see. But I, I really I really want to see that uh, football club in that season play in three finals and fight for the league until the last day of the season. That's my wish right now. And then let's see. Let's see. The trophy count at the end of the season. Basically, the um, theme is not saying it, but what he's, I'll say it. He wants the quadruple, but he'll never, ever say it. No, no, you know what? No, 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 no. I don't want the quadruple. I want us to advance in both finals, play them, and fight for the league until the last day of the season. And then... Then at then at the days of the final, <laughs> I can have a different wish, right? Absolutely, yeah. You, you then then you 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 increase the bar, right? I get that completely. Yeah. And you know what, Atifimis, I'm going to say something because you've just made me think about something. And uh, uh, you know, to all the Liverpool fans that are listening to this, you know, enjoy these moments. Yeah. Enjoy this team because I remember, and you'll remember too, listeners, where our season was over. By March, Feb, March, nothing, absolutely nothing to play for, nothing to do. Yeah, and watching European football without Liverpool in it. Yeah, having people talk about it, and you have to persuade them that Liverpool belong there, and they're looking at you and saying, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" I'm saying it's not Champions League football if Liverpool are not in the knockout stage. That I, I always used to say that, and you know what? I still remember having to watch Chelsea play Man United in the Champions League final. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I cannot have the choice of not watch the game, right? Because I'm a journalist and I have to watch the Champions League mm-hmm. final and I love the Champions League. And then I have to watch the game thinking... Who, who do I hate more? <laughs> yeah, who do I hate more? Who do I support? You know the answer is? Just I'm going to say that. You know who I, who I supported in that final in 2008? 
Chelsea the, versus Manchester United. Who take a guess? The referee. No, I supported Man United. Fair enough. Yeah. I, you know, you know yeah, because I, I hated the fact with what Abramovich and all that stuff back then. And I said to myself, you know what? You have to support the proper football team, even if that's Man United. Mm. And I supported Man United and I never regretted it. Never. I supported them. I supported no. them because what Chelsea were doing in English football, and then they managed to do that in European football as well. And I said to myself, no, you're not going to have that that easy. You're not going to win the Champions League in four or three seasons of with of, with Roman Abramovich's uh, money. No, you're not going to win it. Man United, yeah. Great manager, great players, great legacy as a club. Mm. They can have it. They can have it, not you. Not you. That's That was my choice back then. So I can never undo it, and I stand by it. <laughs> I stand by it. No, and I think you're absolutely spot on. And, you know, again, just touching what you just said, that theme is... Um, yeah, we used to watch Champions League football and for me it was a case of, well, who am I going to back because my team isn't in this? Mm-hmm. Who would I want to see win? And naturally, we I always gravitated towards like the underdog or, you know, of that kind, you know? And I actually quite, I mean, me and you will disagree here, but I, you know, always have a bit of a soft spot for Juve as well. And uh, not because yeah. they, were, they were darling side, but I kind of grew up just falling in mm-hmm. love with some of their players. But yeah, this this is where we've come from. Uh, you know, the fact that we were just sat there watching football and yeah. not being talking able... about Messi and Ronaldo for yeah. a, more for a decade almost. Yeah, and... about Messi and Ronaldo, and then you have the other talks like Atletico or Juventus because they never played the final as favorites, right? Yes, and this is where we're at now. So again, I I have to echo what Stephen said. You know what? Just enjoy these moments, and you know, enjoy being a Liverpool supporter. Right, Themis, I think we've come to the end of the pod. Where can people find you, and where can people find your work? <laughs> well, they can find me on Twitter, and uh, because that's where I live. My yeah. handle is my last name: K E W S A R R I S. Sorry, Kesaris. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, I only tweet in Greek, but. I will reply to you if you want to talk about football in uh, English. Thank you for the retweets on my Costas Chimikas <laughs> uh, post the other night uh, because I was so happy that uh, he got man of the match. Mm. And uh, yeah, basically on Twitter, that's where I live. Yeah, you you never have to thank me about retweet. You know what? I was like, that has to. You know, that's just yeah. like yeah. It, some things just just make you just so happy and you know yeah. seeing that lad do well and obviously you being Greek as well, what it means to you and what it means to the country and seeing him play for Liverpool and you're a Liverpool supporter as well, my God, like yeah. I, I, you, yeah. you are in a fan sense living a dream. And, and I know, I know, I know that it got more than 1,000 uh, likes wonderful. and uh, yeah, and I know a lot of them are coming from, uh, you know, English people because you retweeted it and it was man of the match and it was in Greek. Because in English, I'm sorry, because I only said that's it, that's a tweet. Costas yeah. with the man of the match uh, smiling, gleaming. Yeah. Of, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a great night. Let's hope it gets better, but it gets uh, better versus uh, Villarreal. Yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of Villarreal, myself and Themis will be back for them games. Uh, so much this space, but. but- 
when when do we officially play Champions League football again? It'll be in in two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, no time. No time <laughs> yet. To, so we yeah, will we have back. to play. You have to play United this uh, Tuesday, and then yeah. the the week after that we're playing uh, the semi final. Is it the week after that? It's not. No, it's not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. This is good. This is live podcasting, people. All oh, this is staying on. <laughs> we have to keep this on. I don't care what anyone says. Let's look at this. I'm, I'm just uh, one, two clicks away uh, about that. So you, there you go. Um, I'm, I'm thinking early May. You know. You're thinking early May. Yeah, I'm think, I'm thinking early May. No, you're, we're playing at the 27th of uh, April. We're hosting Villarreal. Uh, the t- Wednesday, 27th. Oh, okay. And then the second one will be in May, so I was half yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second one is the third day of uh, May, Tuesday. The away leg at, uh, at Spain. Wonderful, okay. wonderful. Right then, so there we have it. Guys, Um. yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we will be back when uh, on the t- after, after the 27th of uh of April. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Take care. Till next time, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.